0: your family are greatly... Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to him. Come and draw from the well of salvation clean let him wash you in truth he is a fountain of to
0: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Do you understand? God matters. Do you understand? God matters. If you had asked me a year ago, does God matter? I would have said, absolutely, God matters. I can tell you today, God matters a great deal more to me than he did then. The red lights in the spirit realm are all flashing red for America. We are going to see catastrophic things taking place. Now, I know David Ramsey and all the other economists are saying we're We're going to have a collapse of the economy. They're saying, get your ducks in a row. Things are going to change. I'm not coming like they are as prophets of doom. I'm coming today to talk to you about the reality of what God in heaven is planning to do in just a few short weeks to America. Let's go to First Samuel, the third chapter. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare there were not many visions. Why was the word of God rare? Because the leadership of the church was utterly corrupt. Hophni and Phineas were fornicating with the women who served in the temple, in the tabernacle. Eli was a glutton. He was the chief priest, and he would not say one word to his sons to rebuke them. They had a good thing going. It was a scam. Well, much in the church today is the same way. It's a scam. It's a business. But the boy Samuel, now here's a special one. He was ministering before the Lord. He was in the tabernacle, taking care, cleaning, making sure that everything was right. He had a heart for God. One night, Eli, whose eyes were going dim, he was going blind, He was lying in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Oh, wait a minute. That should send shivers down your soul. This God who doesn't seem to matter to anybody today. Everybody is doing what they want to do. They're going where they want to go. They're acting the way they want to act. They're living a wonderful, wonderful lifestyle. America is wealthy. Oh, yes, there are some who are not wealthy, but America is incredibly wealthy. The Lord called to Samuel in this land where there are not many visions where the word of the Lord is extremely rare because nobody thinks God is important they don't think God matters Samuel Samuel answered here I am Lord Here I am, and he ran to Eli, and he said, You called me? Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He was what? We don't know for sure. 10 or 12 years old. Maybe a little older. Probably not by much. The scripture doesn't tell us how old he was. We know that 12 was an age of accountability. Samuel was working right next to where God was in the tabernacle of the Almighty. But he didn't yet know the Lord. Many of you listening to this broadcast today Still do not know the Lord. He does not speak to you. You don't know him. The word of the Lord has not yet been revealed to you. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and and lay down in his regular place. And the Lord came and stood there. Beside his mat. Calling as at the other times. Samuel. Samuel. Samuel said speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord began to speak to Samuel. First time. Wait. Have you had your first time with God speaking to you? Or are you just full of religion? Going through the rituals. But God doesn't speak to you because... There are not many visions. The word of the Lord is not known. And it's not known because of the sin of the leadership of the church. And God is angry. I ask you the question Does God matter? Does God matter? When God is angry, you better believe he matters because he's going to totally shift and change everything. It's going to be trauma time. See, some of you are are very concerned about what the banks are doing. You're concerned about what the president is doing and his corruption. You're concerned about the government and what they might do to take our freedom May I say this kindly to you? Stop worrying about the government. Stop being concerned about the banks. There is only one person you need to be concerned about, and that is Almighty God. He is the ruler. Government is not the ruler of America. They think they are, but they're not. God is. And God is about to shake this nation to its very core. America will never be the same again. God is angry with America. Oh, I know some of you don't want to even begin to think about that. You don't believe it. You don't want to hear it. Don't put your head in the sand. God matters. And he's about to do some things that will shake this nation. Your ears will tingle with the news. The Lord stands, literally stands, beside the mat of a 12 year old boy with a message for the head of the church the chief priest in Shiloh. The Lord speaks now. See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons make themselves contemptible. He failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. And then God was gone. That was his introduction to the Lord God of heaven. Samuel lay down, I'm sure, shaking. I'm sure he didn't get a wink of sleep until morning. And then faithfully he got up and began his duties. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, come here. Here I am. What was it he said to you? What was it the Lord said to you? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything. He hid nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Sounds like Hezekiah all over again, doesn't it? Eli is saying, if the Lord wants to destroy his people, it's okay. It's good in his eyes. He can do whatever he wants, as though he were some kind of righteous man. Eli is not a righteous man. He's not restrained his sons. He's not guided them in righteousness. He's not not led... He's not led the people of God into righteousness. He's led them into sin. And yet he speaks as one who's righteous. There are many leaders in the church today in America who are unrighteous, wicked, perverse, Sexually unclean. They too are having affairs with people in their church, men and women. The church is a hotbed of wickedness. Now God is angry. He's not going to tolerate it. God is not going to tolerate what's going on in the American church today. It is apostate. And he's not going to tolerate what's going on in the government. America is in trouble with God. And God matters. When God... How do I say this to you? When God gets angry at the unrighteousness of his people... Individuals. He treats that problem. The Lord was with Samuel. Samuel was growing up. And none of the words that Samuel spoke fell to the ground. They were all accurate. He began to prophesy. The people would come to him and not Eli and certainly not to Hophni and Phineas. He was a, a righteous young man. The Spirit of God now had introduced himself. Quite an introduction, I'd say, wouldn't you? And all of Israel recognized that Samuel was a prophet of the Lord, a righteous prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh to Samuel. He revealed himself to Samuel through what he said, his word. Do you want God to talk to you? Well, you don't, you don't meet the Lord by talking. You meet the Lord by humbling your heart, repenting, listening, obeying. Do you want God to talk to you? Sometimes if he talks to you, he's going to say things that will terrify your soul. Right now, he has said some things to me that I am utterly terrified of. I recognize that I have a shattered hip. And in that condition, I've had to sit. Now in the fourth month not being able to leave the house not being able to walk a haze of pain but I understand why God did it and he did it now you may say to me how do you know God did it to you because God's talked to me about it he's told me why I've repented. Well, tell us, why did he do it? Because I was living a comfortable life and not searching after him in the way he wanted me to and not preparing to do the work that he's called me to do from childhood. I was coasting. And God knew the only way he could get my attention was to sit me down. Stop me from going. I love to go. He said, stop it. I didn't hear him. So he took action so I would hear him. Now you may be saying, pastor, you're crazy. God doesn't do that. God loves, 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 loves. You watch what God's going to do in a few short weeks to America and then talk to me about God being a love, 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 love God. God is also a God of justice. He's a God of mercy, but he's also a God of of justice. And what you do matters because God matters. Chapter 4. Samuel's word came to all Israel. But King Saul was a proud man, an arrogant man. And he led the Israelites out to fight against the Philistines. And Israel was defeated. That tell you anything? The presence of God was not with him for this war with the Philistines. And Israel was defeated. About 4,000 men from Israel died in that battle. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked. They didn't ask Samuel. They asked, why did the Lord bring defeat upon us today? Because the Philistines have killed 4,000 men. Oh, you know what we need to do? We need to send a Shiloh and get the Ark of the Covenant and Hophni and Phinehas and bring them into the battle so that tomorrow we will win They don't understand that the ark of God is not some rabbit's foot that you can rub and bring good luck. It is the living God. God doesn't matter to these people except as a a good luck charm. So the men went to Shiloh. And they brought back the Ark of the Covenant. Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they accompanied the Ark of the Covenant of God. Even though they're not under the covenant, they have broken the covenant of God. They are evil men, but they're in the office. I want to say something causes me to tremble. He has already prophesied through two men that Hophni and Phineas are going to die in one day as a judgment against their wickedness in the house of the Lord. If you are still alive and you're a pastor in the house of the Lord, you're a mega church pastor. You're somebody. Everybody knows you. You're famous. Watch out because you're going to die. If you have broken covenant with the Lord and you are walking in fornication and perversion in your church, we're going to watch the Hofnies and the Phineases die in America. So the ark of the Lord comes into the camp and all Israel raises such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all this shouting in the Hebrew camp? And they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. The Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of this mighty God? This is the God who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the desert. Be strong, Philistines. Be be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated. And every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Now you want to ask me, does God matter? Does God matter? This was God's action against Israel. This will be God's action against America. We will see a large number of American service people killed. America will be in great grief. enemies will rule over us that same day a Benjamite ran from the battle line ran to Shiloh his clothes were torn dust on his head and when he arrived there there was Eli sitting on his chair by the side of the road watching because his heart feared for the ark of God. Eli doesn't fear the voice of God. Eli doesn't fear God. Eli fears the ark of God. When the word goes out, the whole town was in an uproar. Eli heard the outcry. What is the meaning of this uproar? The man hurried over to Eli. They were 98 years old now, blind. He said to Eli, I have just come from the battle line. I fled from it this very day. What happened, my son? Israel fled before the Philistines and the army has suffered heavy losses and your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas are dead and the ark of God has been captured by the Philistines. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward off his chair by the side of the gate. His neck was broken and he died. He died for he was an old man and very heavy. He had led Israel for 40 years. Now his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant near the time of her delivery when she heard the news that the ark of god had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead she went into labor and she gave birth but she was overcome by her labor pains and as she died dying the women attending her said, don't despair, you have given birth to a son. She didn't respond. She paid no attention. She named this new little baby Ichabod. Ichabod saying, the glory has departed from Israel. Israel because of the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband. She said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. Does God matter? Does God matter? Does God matter to you? Do you understand the situation America is is in right now? America has been warned over and over and over. Repent. Turn from your evil ways. Get right with Jesus. And everybody has just yawned. I've been coming, yay, year after year, proclaiming the word of the Lord to this wicked city. And now on YouTube, people yawn. They don't want to even listen to an entire broadcast. They yawn and turn aside. Why? Because God doesn't matter to them. The God they care about is the God who is, is tolerant and loving and, and. It's a false God. It's not the God of Scripture. It's not the God of heaven. It's a false God. Do you understand? The day is coming soon. When many people in America will begin to search for God with all their hearts because they see the catastrophic losses coming upon this nation. And they'll understand that God has written Ichabod over America. Now, some of you are going to be very angry because how could I say such a thing? Because I know the history of Scripture. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is not going to tolerate the wickedness of this nation. He's not going to tolerate the, the wickedness of the churches of this nation. Oh, we have a what's called a kundalini spirit that is spreading across this nation in many charismatic and Pentecostal churches. They get drunk in the spirit. But there's no repentance. It's a Buddhist spirit of darkness that's coming into the church. Oh, my brother, my sister, I don't like saying these things to you but I know we better get right with Jesus and very very quickly and even if we individually get right with Jesus it will not stop the catastrophic judgments that are about to fall upon this nation from the hand of almighty God again I say don't fear the banks don't fear the government Don't fear the Antichrist. Fear God. God is more powerful than the Antichrist. Yes, he's going to let things happen. The Antichrist will rule three and a half years over the people of God and countless numbers of us will die. Fear God. It's God who rules over heaven and earth. And if you think you can continue not crying out to the Lord, not taking his word seriously, you will see the American forces being decimated, you will see our ships being sunk. You will see our society disintegrate into great chaos and darkness. You're going to see things you didn't think you'd ever see in America. As the volcanoes blow, as the storms come, as the heat comes, as the droughts come, as the famine comes, you're going to see it with your own eyes. Many of you will be hungry. You can't survive. You'll be evicted from your house. We're coming upon extremely hard times in America. And it is because we didn't think God mattered. We thought we could come into comfortable little churches or big churches, have our bands dance, sing, praise, and worship. And God was unimpressed. He was looking for integrity. He was looking for holiness. He was looking for people who would walk righteous before him. We tried to get revival at Asbury by, by singing hour after hour after hour, waving our hands in the air. You know, God wanted repentance, humility. God wanted men and women who would begin to walk with integrity before him, who would allow the spirit of God to break their pride who would begin to take God seriously and say, God does matter? Oh, my brother, my sister, I'm heartbroken. Let's pray. Lord, the shallowness, the shallowness of our hearts the foolishness of our actions have caused you to turn away from the American church. We thought we could dive into our entertainment. We could watch the shows. We could go to whatever we wanted to go to. We could we could take part in any kind of wickedness that we chose and that you'd be okay with that because... You're a loving and forgiving God and you can walk in sin and still be righteous. You can walk in sin and still go to heaven. We've made you angry with us, Lord God of heaven. Jesus, we've made you you've made we've made you angry with us in the American church. We thought we could get away with it. We really did think it would be okay if we continued to walk in our worldliness, if we continued to live with our wonderful lifestyle. We thought we could get away with that, that you loved us unconditionally. But now, we're going to see the anger that we have stirred up against ourselves. We're going to see the anger we have stirred up against ourselves, let alone against America. We have allowed utterly corrupt judges. We have allowed utterly corrupt presidents. We've allowed utterly corrupt legislators and Supreme Court justices and America didn't rise up and say, stop, we won't tolerate this. No, we've said, oh, it's okay, it'll pass. I've watched. I've watched as America has been homosexualized. As the lesbians, the queers, have risen up in America... We've watched as our schools have been integrated with wickedness, perversion. Our teachers, as perverse as anybody else. We've watched as our children have been led astray and we said nothing. Lord, I've watched. As America has died and over it is now written, Ichabod, the glory has departed. And I know, Lord, some are saying, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Revival's coming. It'll change America. America will once again find its place to stand. It will once more lead the nation's Lord, we're in a a dreamland, a make-believe land, Fantasia, Disney. We're not going to recover from this, Lord. America is going to be utterly destroyed because of its wickedness. Yes, I believe, Lord, you've said to me that there will be a revival. But it won't be a revival that changes America. It'll be a revival that calls the remnant of God's people out of wickedness. Where, where men and women begin to cry out to you, Lord... And begin to confess their sins and turn from their wickedness. Lord, this message has not given me any pleasure. But I know it's time for America to repent. It's time for the church to repent. It's time for the pastors to repent and though I know it's too late for many of them because your judgment has already been spoken and the Hophni and Phineas of America are going to die Lord please come and do whatever you need to do in our hearts and in our lives to turn us From this way of life that has become so comfortably wicked. Turn our hearts, break our our legs, do whatever you have to do, but get our attention. Don't let us just drift in this dreamlike state into the arms of the devil. Almighty God. My heart's broken. My heart's broken, Lord, for what America used to be and what we've lost, never to regain. Almighty God, quickly come and deliver the saints that you've chosen the saints that you've called. Deliver out of the hand of the enemy. Restore us to your heart, Jesus. Wash us and cleanse us. Cause there to be great weeping in America. And if we will not weep over our sin, we will weep over the loss of our fellow Americans. Lord please come. Let the word of God be spoken once more over America. Lord we used to have men like Charles Finney. Jonathan Edwards. Wesley. And many others. And today. It's effeminate men shouting a message of of prosperity. But that will soon all be wiped away. Lord, please come and once more speak to America. Speak to pastors and people and reveal your glory. Reveal your mercy and your kindness. Lord Jesus, I love you. I love what you have done in my life, I love what you have done in the life of many others as you've called us to righteousness and holiness. Lord, please come. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, we're coming to the very last of the month of July. I do this work of the gospel for Jesus. And I'm grateful that he has moved in your heart to give. Rodney, thank you. Dirk, thank you. Dr. Beth, thank you. And many others of you have, month after month, you have given so that we can continue broadcasting this message I know it's not a pleasant one, and it's not an easy one. And it may have made you pretty angry today. That's all right. That's all right. But if you'd like to give, I'm going to give you the address where you can write to me. National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go online. You can give online. NationalPrayerChapel.com NationalPrayerChapel.com Now, Lord, I want to take just a moment as we close this broadcast to lift up servants like Dirk and others who consistently give I ask that you would look at the trials they're facing in their life and I ask that you would speak with them, that the word of the Lord would be made very clear to them. I ask, Lord, that you would touch those who are sick today with your healing power, that you would speak to the hearts of men and women who are in anguish before you and call them into the prayer closet and cause them to cry out before you, Almighty God, about their own condition, about their family members, about the sick ones. Lord, just cause us to cry out to you because you do matter, God. You're everything to us. Jesus, you matter. I ask that you would come and speak. And be clear. I ask that you would speak clearly to our hearts. Lord, I'll thank you. And I'll praise you. And I'll glorify your name. Mighty is your name, O Lord. Mighty is your name, O Lord. And we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. How much time do we have left, Mr. Producer? We're right at two minutes now. Thank you. We have two minutes left in this broadcast. One minute I can share with you and I'd invite you to go directly to our chat line and and leave a message. I come eagerly to do these broadcasts day by day. I come eagerly to call you to come to the National Prayer Chapel. If you're in the Washington metro area, come visit the prayer chapel. Go to our our webpage. There you'll find the directions. You'll find all the information you need. We are a house church. You see behind me a very comfortable-looking background. That's our sanctuary for our National Prayer Chapel. Just come to the door. Don't knock. Just walk in at 10 a.m. or quarter of. You'll find us praying. A small group. We'd love to meet you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. Stand firm. God matters. I'll talk to you later.